Hello, I'm Rena Grobe. And I'm Madvi Romani. And this is Misinformed, a show where we'll be talking about our latest internet obsessions. So Rena, what did you get obsessed with this week? Two things have been occupying my mind. They're related. So firstly, on April 7th, Miss Papua New Guinea was stripped of her title after she posted a video of herself twerking on TikTok. Now this is obviously wrong. She should be allowed to do what she wants. She's a woman and it's ridiculous that we're still being controlled and our behavior is dictated in this way. And the other thing was an article in The Guardian around the dangers of BBLs, which is a Brazilian butt lift. Now, at first glance, these two things don't really seem related, but the more I started reading about them, the more I thought about it, I kept thinking about this idea of beauty pageants and femininity and what does it mean to be pretty and what does it mean to be feminine? What does it mean to own your femininity? And even more so, what does femininity really mean? And, and why are we manipulated to sort of achieve some beauty standards and all the things that women will put themselves into worldwide to fit into a mold? So yeah, this week I have been thinking about beauty, beauty pageants, cosmetic surgery, and what it all means. The beauty pageant thing is ridiculous. I mean, if you think about all the men in all different professions basically raping people and they still have their jobs and their titles. And this woman, she did a video of herself twerking on TikTok and she loses her title. It's ridiculous. But then I started looking into the history of beauty contests and there's a really good article in Bitch Media about how the American beauty pageant, which I guess is very influential in the whole world of beauty pageants, is based on the idea of virtue. In order to participate, they must be single, but not even just single. Like, they should never have been married. They should never have had children. They can't be a single mother. So they have to be kind of young and they have to have their virtue is this idea. And only really white women can be virtuous. So this idea of beauty is based on whiteness because white women can be good and very feminine, and which is why hardly any black people have won Miss America. So the first black woman to win Miss America was in 1984. And the beginnings of the whole Miss America stretches all the way back to 1921, more firmly established in 1945, which is a long time. And she was also similarly, in 1984, stripped of her title because some new pictures of her came out. So she wasn't virtuous enough to hold that title. In this Bitch Media article, they say that, you know, black women, uh, women of colour, generally don't win these contests because they're seen as oversexed or the geisha or all these kind of fetishized, sexualized versions of women. And only the white woman can be this pure, virtuous kind. But in terms of what does femininity mean, it kind of means that any black woman or woman of colour who has to win the mainstream Miss America pageant has to be as close to whiteness as possible and sort of erase their self-identity. So a bunch of new pageants have come up, like Miss Black America, for example. And I was reading about how a lot of black women find this kind of pageant really empowering in a way. So Satra Taylor, who won the 2016 Afrocentric pageant at the University of Cincinnati, she said that she just felt a whole difference when she walked onto a stage full of black women. And she said, I didn't gain a crown, but I grew tremendously. It was inspiring to be around so much black excellence and to showcase my own. 
So I think it's really get seen, it reaffirms your value and your identity. And it gives you like a stronger sense of self and pride in tuition or structure where you are constantly dehumanized and devalued. So it is surprising that pageants are still going because they seem so old fashioned and sexist and gross. And yeah, just disgusting in so many ways, like pitting women against each other. There's, there's a bathing suit contest. But on the other hand, I guess there are contexts where women do feel really empowered too. Absolutely. So I watched this documentary from Broadly about pageants in prisons. In fact, one is at a maximum security women's jail in Brazil. And there's a series of documentaries about this on YouTube. We'll link them in our newsletter. You should all definitely check them out. And in this particular one, they had a series of different categories. So they had one called Miss Max for maximum security prison. They had another category called Muse of Maturity, Miss International, because I have quite a few international women in jail there, and Mr. Max, which is an LGBTQ only category. That is so inclusive, right? But one of the things that a lot of the women reiterated was in this prison where you're forced to wear shapeless clothing and you're stripped of your self-worth and your identity, taking part in this beauty pageant gave them a feeling of self-worth and more so than that allowed them to reconnect with their femininity and make them feel like people again. And so I was really thinking about this idea of femininity because I would say I'm not the most feminine person. I don't really wear dresses or like the color pink or things that are considered feminine in quotation marks because what does that really mean? And I don't wear a lot of makeup and I don't really do my hair. So I don't know, femininity always kind of feels like a trap because as a woman, you're kind of expected to be feminine in this world and maybe you rebel against it or you don't want to take part in it. So maybe there is something rebellious in being feminine because like the world looks down upon femininity. So as a woman, you know, maybe embracing that which is prescribed to you in the world then also at the same time, it's such a lie. Like the world's going to force you to be a certain way and then make fun of you for that while simultaneously making money off of it. These women get a feeling of self-worth from being able to have an identity and from able to be feminine. My first thought is like, oh, femininity is a tool of the patriarchy and it's a really misogynistic thing. But here these women are in an environment where it's mostly only women and yet connecting with their femininity and being able to perform femininity is incredibly important to them and really help them. Yeah, it's interesting this idea of being able to perform your femininity and revel in it and not be trapped by it. This really relates to this amazing article it's a long read on The Guardian about the BBL, which is the Brazilian butt lift. And it's fast becoming one of the most popular cosmetic surgery procedures in the world. And it's also one of the most dangerous. One in 3,000 women who actually have it die. One of the main reasons that's really gone up recently is because, of course, Kim Kardashian and social media and Instagram and all this. And a lot of women want to emulate that on social media in what the article calls, in a really nice way, the digital beauty pageant. So it's getting that hourglass Kim Kardashian figure for the digital world. So a lot of women who are influencers, glamour models, or on OnlyFans and things like that, they get paid a lot more because they have this surgery performed. They can earn back the money that they spent on it and they 
monetize parts of their bodies, which Kim Kardashian has basically taken something from black culture, one part of black culture, kind of packaged it, and she makes a lot of money off her butt too. What's really interesting is now a lot of black women kind of look at this and then they feel inadequate because they haven't got the idealized version of a black butt. What Kardashian has done is black fishing in a way. It's appropriating bits and pieces from black culture without having to actually be black, without having to deal with the negative consequences of being black. For those of you who don't know what a BBL is, it's a slut enhancement where they suck fat out of another part of your body and then put it into your butt. And the reason why it's in such high demand is because you're reusing your own fat, so it's more natural than like a silicone implant. And they basically make small incisions and just move the fat. Yeah, so the reason why a lot of people actually die is because if when they're re-injecting the fat back into the butt, they go below the glute and they enter the bloodstream. If the fat enters the bloodstream, it will cause a blood clot and you're dead. But it's amazing, actually, if you think about death, that so many women are risking their lives for this. I mean, even without death, you can have a lot of complications. It's a really serious surgery. All of this is being done in the name of beauty. And the Brazilian butt lift originated in Brazil, obviously, but Brazil is also the home of cosmetic surgery. Yeah, actually, here's some interesting statistics about plastic surgery in Brazil. 74% of all beauty procedures done in Brazil are surgical. Of those, 18% are face and head, 25% are breasts. 24.8 is body and extremities, and 4.8 is miscellaneous, and 32.3% are non-surgical procedures such as Botox or fillers. But this is really interesting because the reason why the cosmetic surgery industry started in Brazil was actually based on race. So they were seeking to improve people on how they looked based on white beauty standards. So the reason that they could invent a lot of different procedures and come up with new ways of modifying the body is actually because they had a lot of poor people on which to experiment. But what's really interesting is a lot of Brazilian women, they would never want a Brazilian butt lift previously because the fashion was a decade ago or whatever to be more European looking. And the Brazilian butt, like having a big butt, was not in line with what the beauty standards were. And then Kim Kardashian came along and made it a thing. And what's interesting is if the fashion changes again, what's everyone going to do with their Brazilian butt lifts? In another 10 years, you know, fashions can really change. When I think of like Brazilian beauty, my first thought is Giselle Bündchen, who is, she's very tall, thin, wayfish. She doesn't have a big butt or anything. And that what comes to mind when I think Brazilian beauty. As what's interesting about that is that actually they do 1.5 million cosmetic surgery a year in Brazil, which is 13% of the elected plastic surgeries all over the world, which is a like, massive statistic. And I think that the heavy emphasis on Eurocentric beauty standards is a nod to the unequal and racist nature of that society yeah and there's actual like real surgery being performed on actual bodies just so that they could achieve a beauty standard and then i was thinking 
Well, yeah, but like if you think about Chris Rock did this really great documentary called Good Hair in 2009, and it showed African-American women what they did in order to tame their hair to make it more European. And the chemicals, you know, with the relaxers and the ironing, it's physical harm in order to achieve a beauty standard. And it's the same like in India, face lightening creams. I think in 2014, there was a report on them where they banned the use of mercury in face lightening creams because it's poisonous. <laughs> so it's amazing, incredible. We live in a society that places so much value on how we look. It's actually causing us harm. Yeah, it's incredibly violent. And going back to the algorithmic beauty pageant, it's also causing us harm in terms of anxiety. And depression, you know, mental harm. In the Guardian article, the young lady who was going in to see her doctor about getting a BBL, she talks about how she wants her real life self to look like her digital self. She's like, her appearance is so altered that the way she looks in real life isn't reflective of the version she has online. And that we're like seeking this completely unrealistic standard of being that is so unnatural. And for what? For who? Yeah, there's a good part in the article where she talks about her friends who use Facetune to make their appearance, their digital pictures and everything look way better. And then they use those pictures on Tinder and then they can't actually go on the date because they are so digitally altered that it doesn't really represent their real self. So they can't really go outside and have that date. And actually, the demand for plastic surgery during lockdown has gone up. In an article in the Washington Post, they talk about this phenomenon called Zoom Doom, where we're basically all staring at our faces so much on Zoom or Google Hangouts or whatever, we're starting to notice small imperfections that we wouldn't otherwise notice. And so the rise in like small non-invasive surgeries such as Botox and fillers has noticeably gone up. Although there was a doctor in this article who was quoted as saying she isn't sure if these statistics are to be believed because maybe this is just the backlog of people who would have gotten it anyway. But I do kind of think there is something to that because, of course, lockdown is the perfect time to make alterations to your appearance because you have to wear a mask in public. You can stay home all the time. You can have plastic surgery. And I mean, obviously people will know if suddenly you have a completely different face or completely different nose, but it's easier to hide than it would be under normal circumstances, which that's, I think that just tells you something kind of, I don't want to say sad about our society because I actually do feel very bad for people who are so unhappy with the way that they look that they would consider altering their appearance so much. And I do think that they are the victims in this scenario because they're being manipulated by a sexist society that wants to profit off of the insecurities of women. But at the same time, what is the world coming to? I remember this conversation we were having with a group of four people quite a while ago, and it was all women. And we all were like, oh, I don't like this about my face. I don't like this. Oh, I've got wrinkles. Oh, do you know, do you see the way my chin, like, I don't like that. And every single other woman was like, I don't see what you're talking about at all. We spend so much time with our bodies and looking in the mirrors and stuff that we just get insecure about stuff that nobody else sees it's like now I'm spending so much time at home just cleaning all the time because I just keep on seeing dust and dirt everywhere but it's still the normal amount it's just maybe there's something to the zoom thing yeah this was before lockdown but with one of the lovely young ladies who was at this dinner party that you're describing she and I were walking down the street and she pointed out something that she is super insecure about about her face And I remember, and I don't want to say it made me feel better, because that's 
not what I mean. But it did because she pointed out this thing that she's incredibly insecure about. And I was like, I don't notice that at all. And that's not true. Maybe the things I'm insecure about, no one else notices either because I didn't see it on her either. I mean, I guess maybe I have the benefit of youth on my side, but I think it's very easy to sit here in my late 20s and be like, oh, it's really sad that, you know, women feel the need to alter their appearance when give me 10 years, give me 15 years, give me 20 years. And it's difficult being a woman in this society and you're nonstop berated by all of the different ways that you should be better, you should improve yourself. And so maybe in 20 years, I'm going to be the one getting a fuck ton of Botox. Yeah, for sure. Aging is definitely difficult for women because beauty and youth are tied together. And let me tell you, being young is not that great. Terrible. You've no idea what you're doing. You're insecure and anxious about everything. Yeah, but like along those lines, I think that it's easy to feel bad about yourself and to think, oh, I'm of a certain age and I look really old because our examples of aging in celebrity culture is of people who don't seem to age, right? Like it was just Paul Rudd's birthday. And every year around Paul Rudd's birthday, this hashtag or this caption pops up of Paul Rudd is somehow 50 or whatever age he is now. And it seems like the silliest thing to me because I'm like, well, yes, of course, Paul Rudd doesn't appear to age. Of course, Paul Rudd still looks the same way he did in Clueless because that's his entire job. His appearance is what he makes his money with. He's a millionaire. He has access to the best skincare, to the best surgeons. Like, yes, of course, he's not going to age. And there's something so classist about this access to skincare and to surgery that's weirdly not acknowledged. And so we all feel bad for not looking the way Paul Rudd does when we don't have access to half of the things he has access to. I remember watching a really strange interview with Sandra Bullock once and she was saying how she injects placentas into our forehead. <laughs> it's along those lines of just weird. And like, wow, that's the thing. She thought I need to use face cream. <laughs> Which is why... All of those like go to bed with me videos that Vogue do or whatever are so infuriating because all these celebrities with expensive skincare and they'll show you all of their face creams and all of their toners they use in this like weird attempt to convince you that that's all they do. It's like when celebrities would be like, this is my go-to at-home face mask. And you're like, cool, I'm not doubting that you do that, but I am doubting the fact that that's the reason you look the way you look. I mean, Kim Kardashian refuses to say that she has had a Brazilian butt lift, which I think she has. Yeah, she even went on camera and had her butt x-rayed to prove that there's no silicon in it, right? Yeah, but Brazilian butt lifts don't use silicon, they use your own fat. Exactly. Unless they're very bad butt lifts, and you can also die of the fact that they do sometimes use silicon to make them even bigger than they should be. With her money and her wealth, she has access to the best of the best. All you have to do is look at that family before and after money to be like, oh, remember, you're not ugly, you are just poor. And on that note, <laughs> here are our three things you can do this week to be a better person. Number one, here is a tip from Ivo Pitangui, who is the creator of cosmetic surgery in Brazil. He was rumored to do the cosmetic surgery for famous people like Frank Sinatra and Sophia Loren. And he said, the most important thing is to have a big ego and then you don't need an operation. Thing two, if you do decide to do one of these procedures, in particular the Brazilian butt lift, do your due diligence and make sure that the clinic or hospital you're getting it done at is safe and that they're following to the suggested guidelines. Thing three, and when using beauty products, maybe check out whether they have ingredients 
that might be harmful or damaging to your skin. This includes things like eyeshadow. And a lot of the elements in beauty products are also really harmful to our planet. So for example, mica in products that make things glittery is mined by children. So maybe take a little bit of individual responsibility while shopping for beauty products. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you like, you can share your internet obsessions with us. Tweet us at the underscore miss underscore informed or follow us on Instagram at the underscore miss underscore informed. You can also send us an email at misinformed.podcast at gmail.com. You can also listen and subscribe via YouTube. For news about the show or upcoming events, and links to all our sources, references, and other geeky inspiration, subscribe to our newsletter. You can find the link via our Instagram. We are an independent, non-profit podcast. If you would like to show us some love, you can make a one-off donation via our SoundCloud, or support us on Patreon at patreon.com misinformed. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye.